The Lord be with you. A reading from the Holy Gospel according to Matthew. The Pharisees went off and plotted how they might entrap Jesus in speech. They sent their disciples to him with the Herodian saying, Teacher, we know that you are a truthful man and that you teach the way of God in accordance with the truth. And you are not concerned with anyone's opinion, for you do not regard a person's status. Tell us then, what is your opinion? Is it lawful to pay the census tax to Caesar or not? Knowing their malice, Jesus said, why are you testing me, you hypocrites? Show me the coin that pays the census tax. Then they handed him the Roman coin. He said to them, whose image is this and whose inscription? They replied, Caesar's. At that, he said to them, then repay to Caesar what belongs to Caesar and to God what belongs to God. The Gospel of the Lord. In 1999, I had uh, the grace right before leaving the business world uh, to enter into seminary. In April of 1999, I was able to go to the Holy Land with my parents. First time I ever went, so they called me up and asked me if I wanted to go. And not only was it special to go with them, my parents, but I also got to go with my pastor from childhood, from my high school years, middle school years, Monsignor Reynolds. And so we went to the Holy Land, and there was... We were going to all the holy sites, celebrating mass, and I had already quit my job. I had already uh, told my job that I was leaving when I got back, and, and everything was passed on on that side of my life, and I was kind of in that sense of, wow, I'm really just kind of jumping into the arms of the Lord, and I'm gonna trust in him, and I'm gonna go pursue the possibility of a call to the priesthood, right? And so that's kind of where my heart was when I was in the Holy Land, and I remember being in the, in the town of Bethlehem, obviously where their church of nativity is, where Jesus was truly born in a little cave with a church over it, and uh, that's in the Palestinian territory of the Holy Land, and we went over there, and um, uh, we had a little shopping after praying in that holy site, after having, having uh, mass, <clears throat> and my pastor came out, Monsignor Reynolds, and he almost looked like childlike in a way as he approached me, almost like skipping anyway. He, he really wasn't skipping, but you could see the joy radiating out of his face. And he said, Richard, hold out your hand. And so I held out my hand and he unwrapped the little olive wood object that he had just purchased for me and it was a hand. And in that hand was a baby in the hand. And he placed that hand, olive wood, small little thing about this big that I have in my office to this day, always treasured it. And he said, Richard, don't ever forget, don't ever forget, you're always in the hands of God. You're always in the hands of God. You know, my brothers and sisters of Christ, one of the desires in every single human heart created in the image and likeness of God, a desire of every single human heart is the desire to be safe. 
the desire to be safe. Our beloved Lord, leaving all glory and wealth beyond imagination and choosing to become poor so that through his poverty, the creatures he created may become rich beyond measure through his grace. This Jesus was born in Bethlehem and began the greatest ever search and rescue mission for the salvation of souls. And so in my own prayerful reflection of being in the hand of God and the desire that I have to be safe, just in a conversation with our Lord, it's like, Lord, how do I stir up that desire, that, that desire, I have a desire to be safe, but Lord, where, where are we ultimately gonna be safe? And it's in the palm, in the hand of our God who created us. To know where we came from, and not only us, but every single human being, but also where we're going, where we're destined for this encounter with a God who loves us. And so taking that desire a, a bit further, I was praying this morning, and I was literally on my knees in the chapel in the rectory, and looking out the window, and I could see all the parishioners from the 7.30 mass driving out, driving out. And it was in that moment that I was just praying for the desire in my own heart, but praying for the desire in their heart, praying for the desire in the heart of each and every one of you here now, those of you online, the desire in the heart of everybody who will come to mass here today, and the desire of the heart of every single human being creating God's image and likeness all over this world. Praying that we would come to know that our need, that desire to be safe will be found ultimately in Jesus. It was in that time of prayer that this psalm came to mind and I wrote it down. And this psalm I'm just kind of sharing with you all a little personal from the heart. It's my desire to carry this psalm close to my heart all week long. So that the Lord will stir up this desire in my heart. Because it's not always a desire of my heart. But that may be right and close to my heart and all of us. Psalm 27, verse 4. One thing, one thing I ask of the Lord, this I seek, to dwell in the house of the Lord all the days of my life to gaze on the Lord's beauty to visit his holy temple. And to take that a step forward, is, is that the desire that's on my heart every day? Not just me, but all of us. Can we, can we think about it? We had a desire that brought us here today, is it that desire, one thing I ask of the Lord, and only this do I seek, to dwell always in the house of the Lord, to gaze on your beauty, to gaze on your beauty, to visit his temple. Imagine if we all memorized that verse this week in more than just a piece of paper close to our heart, but had that part of our heart stirred up 
that desire. When we come to Mass on the weekend, when we're here in this moment, when we gather like the first Christians gathered, they gathered to stir into a flame to blow on the coals, the embers, so that it may be a flame, so that our hearts may go out from this experience inflamed with the love of God and to desire what God desires. He desires that every person desiring safety in this world, everybody will turn their desire and pray always, have the desire to pray. That desire, prayer is more than words. God knows what we want before we even ask. Well, then why ask? God wants us to ask, to ask for our needs, but he knows what we want before we ask. Why do we ask? Because he wants us to desire what he desires. He wants us to encounter him and stir into a desire. Oftentimes it can be like, how do I help people in my own heart to desire, to desire what God wants? To desire, to desire what God wants. And what does scripture tell us about what God wants? Obviously in the gospel today, but I'm gonna take a, a step forward and I'm gonna take a look at Genesis chapter one, verse 26. We're not gonna put it up on the screen, but I'm gonna, I'm gonna mention it. Genesis chapter one, verse 26 and 27, and it says, they were created in the image and likeness. Created in God's image and likeness. That's every single human being walking the face of the earth that ever walked the face of the earth. We've all been created in the image and likeness of God. Doesn't matter what country we're in. We all possess the same humanity and Jesus assumed that humanity and we all are created in God's image and likeness. Whether we're in the pew, whether we follow Jesus, whether we believe in Jesus, created in his image and likeness. That's the first thing. Created in his image and likeness. Second thing is, you've probably heard it before, the dignity of the human person. What does that mean? The world's gonna tell us one thing, what the dignity of the human person is. Our faith is gonna tell us another. The world will tell us the dignity of the human person is what they produce, what they do, how they are, all that. At. Their dignity rests extrinsic. It comes from the outside. Our faith teaches us our dignity is intrinsic. It's something that's given to us by God. So what is the dignity of the human person? What is the dignity of everybody created in God's image and likeness? The dignity is this, that everyone is called to communion with God. Everyone. God is calling all humanity to communion with him. We see in the gospel today, we see a little tension. We see a little tension between those who were living a life, though externally leading people, maybe even religious leaders at the time, externally, they were living a horizontal life. It was all about what was happening here on earth. There wasn't any vertical. There wasn't any vertical. Jesus came and went to the cross to show us that there's the horizontal, but there's also the vertical. 
And so what did he say? They tried to trick him, it says in the gospel. You can go back over it. It says they came up to him. They were working together, the disciples of the Pharisees, the Herodians, and they were both trying to pit it to see if they could get Jesus to answer the question either way. And if he went one way, he was going to be wrong. If he went another way, he was going to be wrong. But virtue's always in the middle. And Jesus nails it. And he says, so tell me, who's, whose image is on this coin? They said, Caesar's. And he goes, okay. Render unto Caesar what belongs to Caesar. But to God, what belongs to God? God's image is on you. God's image is marked in you and all humanity. God's image is on you and you and I and all of us in all humanity belong to God. Belong to God. As a, as a mother told me yesterday, I was visiting uh, uh, one of our young families, just a brief visit in the morning before eight baptisms, which was awesome. <laughs> I mean, it's incredible. It's like talk about creating God's image and likeness and truly becoming a temple of the Holy Spirit, being transformed into a cathedral of our Lord, the indwelling of the Holy Spirit. That's what happens when we're baptized as Christians. So I'm visiting this family, and on, on the way out, we were talking about the gospel and different things and a little bit about the faith. And the mother said to me, you know, Father, I want to share with you something that my mom always told me, because we love our children. We love our children. Matter of fact, Father, we have shifted and changed our life in a way to be more focused on building family. They said their Sunday, they call their Sunday team day. Team day. Talk about forming a team. It's like it's team day. We do, we do our pancakes and we do our eggs and we do this and we go visit Jesus and we thank God for the gift of our faith. It's our team day. So the mom said that her mom would always remind her and say, let me remind you of this. Your children, you love them. But your children are on loan to you. Your children are on loan to you. Yes, they belong to you for a moment of time. But just like yourself, as you were given to me, on loan to me, and now you have your family with your children who are on loan to you, we ultimately all belong to God. I was like, dang. Created in the image and likeness of God and ultimately called to union with God. Called to eternal life. Render to Caesar what belongs to Caesar. Give to the world what belongs to the world, give to God what belongs to God, and that's our whole livelihood. That's everything we had. Jesus summed it up. Love the Lord God with your whole heart, your whole soul, your whole mind, and everything you got, and your neighbor as yourself. Give it all to me. I want your whole heart. I want every bit of you. That's God. What do you, why? Because ultimately, we're in his in the palm of his hand, and he is pulling us to his heart, close to his heart, to be with him forever and eternity, and he wants the same for others. Render under Caesar what belongs to Caesar, and to God what belongs to God. My brothers and sisters in Christ, no political institution, 
no ideology, no way in which to live in this life formed by human beings will be our savior, will be our savior. What do I mean by that? If there's a bad form of politics or a bad ideology in which children and human beings are given on loan to their parents and maybe at a young, young age, their consciences are deformed, yes, it can happen, to see good as evil and evil as good Jesus spoke very clearly of that. It's better that a millstone be wrapped around their head and they be cast into a sea. Anybody who misleads one of these little ones, do they not know that their angels are before the Father always? Political ideologies or ideologies, none of that will be our savior. Bad institutions bad ideologies, bad stuff, and we can say one is worse than others, and this is how we can say it. Because if there's any ideology, any form of of politics, anything that does not permit the proper worship of God, the proper use of one's conscience, and becomes a blocking wall to what one is called to, every human being, which is union with God, is bad, and it can even be evil. Evil. We can truly say what we've witnessed over the past weeks. People and the tragedies of what's been done, and people being taken in hostages and all this stuff, that's evil. That's evil. But think about if we had in the world the most perfect, all over the world, governments, everything, everything was great, economy was great, economy was perfect, everybody had everything they needed, everything was fine. Is that a guarantee that people's desire, their hearts are gonna be oriented towards God? Not necessarily, because We know that our hearts can get entrenched in the material things and lose sight of where we're called to go. My brothers and sisters in Christ, very, very simply, I wanna wanna kinda close with this. When I was in the Holy Land with with my parents, we gathered. We gathered in Jerusalem. We gathered with some Palestinian Christians, okay? The Jewish people need our prayers. The Palestinian people need our prayers. We do not know, nor can we fully judge, we do not know that if somebody doing horrific things wasn't taken at a very young age and taught to do that. Imagine if at age two, you're taught all the way up to age 17, 18, 19 to do bad things. We need to pray for those who maybe teach people to hate. To teach people to value things that are contrary to a God who wants to hold them in the palm of the hands, to a God who loves them, and a God who wants to call them into a life of love, and he wants it for all people. 
So there we were. We were gathered with some Palestinian Christians. They are the smallest percentage of Palestinians. They're kind of in between it all. They're Palestinian Christians trying to live as Christians, trying to live like us on their daily life. And someone asked a question. And yeah, this is on live stream, but it's the truth. What will bring peace to the Holy Land? What will bring peace to the world? The message of Jesus Christ, our Lord and Savior, who came to redeem the world, who came to save the world, who proved it on the cross, and he invites his followers to do the same. To do the same. Love your enemies. Pray for those who persecute you. Someone strikes you on one cheek, give them your, your other. Someone asks for your cloak, give them your tunica well. Someone asks you to go one mile, go two. Jesus not only talked the talk, he walked the walk. He came with the desire of his sacred heart, the same desire he has, and he tried to pass on that desire to his followers. My brothers and sisters in Christ, here's the invitation, I'll close with this. May all of us this day stir into desire a flame, a flame of love for God and our neighbor, and a desire to enter into prayer to pray for the world. This Friday, Pope Francis has asked if Catholics all over the world, inviting them for a day, a second day of prayer and fasting. Prayer and fasting for peace. Peace has to begin in the heart. Peace has to begin with one person saying, I've been punched in the face and I'm not gonna throw another punch. Peace has to begin there, so let us come, let us come as a, as a community and to pray for every heart in this world, that every heart will know that they're loved by a God and that that love will move them and move their hearts to love their neighbor. The power of prayer, the power of God's love for all humanity. Love is the answer. Love is what brings peace. Love is what God wants all of us to know is his desire as he holds you, me, and all humanity in the palm of his hand. Amen.